you'll turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. This is where we're going to be today for our Easter service. If you wanted to write down a title for today, you could write this down. What difference does it make? What difference does the resurrection of Jesus make? What difference does it make? You see, every Sunday, Christians around the world gather around the idea and the truth that Jesus rose from the dead. From the point of Jesus' resurrection to today, millions upon millions of Christians gather to grow in their walk with Jesus, but primarily to celebrate that Jesus has risen from the dead. To preach the the good news that the kingdom of God is coming and that Jesus has risen from the dead. It is the central topic of preaching and writing and teaching and books that Jesus has risen from the dead. Last Sunday was Palm Sunday, and we looked at this idea that Jesus was coming in as his triumphal entry as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and people would take palm branches and lay them down and say, Hosanna to the King of Kings. The purpose of this for them was not that they believed that Jesus was the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but that He would free them from their oppressors. The disciples worshipped Jesus because they believed that He would give them a place of position and prominence in the kingdom of God. The Pharisees refused to worship Him because He pressed up against their ideas about religiosity and what it meant to follow God. By Thursday night, this king who came riding in on a donkey was set before trial. And he was arrested and mocked and beaten. And by Friday, all the disciples had deserted him. And he would be crucified. And then the world would go dark. On Friday, the Romans are scourging him and crucifying him. And all the humiliation transitions on Sunday. He rises from the dead. This is what Easter's about. This is what we celebrate. Unlike a story I remember being told about three kids who went to Sunday school. Maybe you've heard this story before. They went to Sunday school and the Children's minister asked them, what is the meaning of Easter? And one kid raised his hand and said, 
I know what the meaning of Easter is. The meaning of Easter is I get brand new clothes. How many of you got brand new clothes, right? You got some new clothes? Uh, the next kid said, uh, I, I know what the meaning of Easter is. I get candy and a chocolate bunny and bubbles and jelly beans. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. You know, this is what a children's minister has to do. They have to have that nice, kind, redirect answer in their back pocket, right? That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. What else? Is there anything else? Then this one little kid named Johnny raises his hand. It's always in a story, right? It's always Johnny, right? Johnny raises his hand, and he says, I know the meaning of Easter. And she said, what is this? It, he says that Jesus was laid in the tomb. She said, thank you very much. That's a part of the answer. Do you know what happened next? He said, well, every year we celebrate it around this time. And every year the stone is rolled back. And we hope that Jesus steps out. And if he sees his shadow, it means it's six more weeks of winter. You see, all of us have something that we think about when it comes to Easter, but it may not be what the Scriptures teach us about the meaning of Easter. So let's dive in and look at Matthew chapter 28 and see exactly what happened. This is God's Word. We hold it up every week and we say, this is God's Word. And if it's God's Word, then we have to follow what it says. Look at verse 1 of Matthew chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath toward the dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. 
And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." Father, we ask that you would help us to lean in for just a few moments this morning to understand your word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be at work here today. Help us to see the difference that the resurrection makes in our lives. We ask that you would save the lost, encourage those who are discouraged, We ask that you would help us to see the beauty and majesty of who you are. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said? So today I want to answer the question, what difference does the resurrection of Jesus make in my life? If Jesus is risen from the dead, you're like, great. We celebrate that. We dress up. We give our kids candy. But what difference does that make tomorrow when I go to work? What difference does that make today when I leave here and I'm still dealing with the disappointments in my life? What difference does the resurrection make? And I think it's really clear and plain once we begin to uncover some things here in this passage. The first thing we see is the resurrection makes all the difference when it comes to uncertainty. Anybody facing some uncertainty? Maybe you're facing uncertainty in your job. Maybe you're facing uncertainty in your relationships. Maybe you're facing uncertainty in the economy that we're living in. We all face uncertainty. And yet this passage shows us how the resurrection makes a difference when it comes to uncertainty. You say, how do you see this? Well, these two women come to the garden tomb on this Easter morning. They're coming there with some uncertainty. We know from the other Gospels that their explicit purpose in coming to the garden tomb was actually to embalm Jesus. They're coming with spices and ointments to go into the tomb. And they're not quite sure the welcome that they're going to have because the Roman guards have been placed in front of the tomb. The stone has been rolled away. Imagine the uncertainty that they're coming. They want to care for Jesus They want to worship Him. They want these last few moments with their Savior who has died. This is, if you've ever been to a funeral, this is that moment when the family gets that last moment with the casket before it's closed. This is what the first century equivalent of this was. They're going to go into the tomb. They're going to embalm him. They are going to preserve his body with spices. And yet they're quite uncertain about the environment they're going to find him. They're uncertain if the guards are going to welcome them or push them away. Because there is so much 
hullabaloo around Jesus. So much so that the Pharisees and the Romans have placed a guard, a set of guards in front of the tomb because they're fearful that if his disciples take him and hide him, that they will say, he is risen from the dead just like he said. And that now they'll have a movement on their hands that they can't stop. And so Mary and Mary come to the tomb with a whole lot of uncertainty. They weren't sure what to expect. And then they're met with an angel sitting on top of a tomb stone, just chilling. You talk about uncertainty going to a whole nother level. They see an angel. Now, this is not a necessarily really uncommon occurrence. We see this throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. But every time they show up, people are what? They're afraid. So much so that every occurrence, when an angel shows up, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid. Now, if you were growing up and you were a kid and you went to a haunted house or you went to something scary and someone said, don't be afraid, did that fix that? No. You were probably even more afraid, right? Yesterday, my daughter Addison and I were watching this show on Netflix about this family in Australia that, that captures crocodiles and they relocate them. And uh, it's so crazy to me because the dad is like in this little small pool of water and there's these 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 foot crocodiles. And their son Banjo is sitting up on the hill like 10 feet away playing and just throwing string and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's like, hey, Banjo, stay back, you know, and he's not scared at all. This is not that moment. Mary and Mary see the angel and they are afraid. Their uncertainty has gone to a whole nother level. You see, what is certain is that they did not come to the tomb expecting that Jesus had risen from the dead. They had gone to the tomb expecting to embalm a dead Savior. And what they were confronted with was an angel telling them that Jesus is not here. He has risen from the dead. I absolutely love the resurrection because it shows us how to respond to uncertainty. Mary and Mary hear this and they immediately, I'm sure, have all the thoughts rushing back in their mind about the teachings that Jesus had given them about the fact that he was going to rise from the dead. And all of that has come true. And in spite of their uncertainty, it says they left with great fear and joy. That in spite of what they were facing, because Jesus had risen from the dead, they could face tomorrow with joy. And that is why the resurrection is so important for you and me, that in spite of the uncertainty that you and I are facing, because of the resurrection of Jesus, we can face tomorrow with joy. Because Jesus has risen from the dead, in spite of my uncertainty, I can have faith just like Mary 
Magdalene and Mary because Jesus kept his promises. So we can trust in Jesus in spite of what we think we might lose in control of our lives because Jesus always keeps his promises. And this makes all the difference. You see, the resurrection makes all the difference when it comes to uncertainty because you and I can respond to uncertainty with joy. Number two, the resurrection makes all the difference when it comes to fear. There are several times that this word shows up in the passage that they were filled with fear. The guards were filled with great fear. So the question is, is how does the resurrection help us when it comes to fear? Well, fear for these women was around the idea that maybe somebody took their Savior. And now there's going to be a ton of drama and there's going to be a ton of uncertainty, and then we're going to have to go into hiding because someone's going to think that we did something wrong. So for them, they're filled with fear. They're also filled with fear because they just saw an angel. They just saw a heavenly being. But they're also filled with fear because if Jesus had the power to do exactly what he said, then we're not quite sure what's going to happen next. They're filled with fear. But you know what's interesting is the guards are also filled with fear. But they respond totally different when fear enters their life. The guards, they run back and they report exactly what happened. They're like, the stone was rolled away. There was an angel sitting on top. These two women came. And we looked in and the tomb was empty you got to believe that they had to say to the Pharisees and the scribes and the people in charge, hey, we were there all night. No one took him. And, and the guards probably heard this because we know the text says this. It says they were like, so here's the story we're going to come up with. We're going to give you some money. And what we want you to do is we want you to spread this story, the words right there in the text, a story that... The disciples took him. And we'll make sure that if you get in trouble, we'll say, hey, it's exactly how it happened. We'll cover your back. You see, they were afraid, and yet they responded with their fears to who Jesus is and what Jesus had done by selling him out. And yet Mary do exactly, Mary and Mary Magdalene do exactly what Jesus told them to do. They went from the garden tomb just outside of Jerusalem all the way back to Galilee. All the way back. The text also says that they were filled with great fear and joy. So they were afraid, they weren't quite sure, but it also led to this great sense of joy. Wow, we can't believe that he did exactly what he said he would do. This brings us so much hope on Easter and to each of us because whether we admit it or not, we have fears. Some of you had fears in even coming here today. It's new, there's new people, it can bring a certain amount of anxiety can bring a certain amount of fear. 
I wonder what people are going to think about me. Did I, is this a dress-up church or, or not a dress-up church? Do I look appropriate? You know, There's this one Sunday that's got all this pressure, right? So we just kind of, I just went in between. No, no tie, right? It's okay, JR. But JR went in between too. Jeans, dress shirt and tie. I love it. Typically, you know, it's like t-shirt and jeans around here. But there's a lot of pressure. It can bring a great amount of fear and anxiety. So the question is, what difference does the resurrection make when it comes to our fear? Well, some of you came in here today feeling guilty. This is your one Sunday, maybe two Sundays a year that you come to church, and, and you can begin to feel this great sense of guilt. Maybe you haven't been as regular to church as you would like to be, and you can feel this sense of guilt become to sit on top of you. But I want you to hear me say this today. No matter how guilt has crept into your life from fear, the resurrection shows us that guilt doesn't have the last word. Guilt does not have the last word in our lives because you see, the resurrection represents the fact that Jesus has taken our guilt, nailed it to the cross, he was buried, he took it all the way to death, and he rose from the dead to release you from your guilt. And so whatever fear that you're dealing with that is causing you to feel guilty, realize that all you need to do is to look to Jesus because guilt doesn't have the last word for us because Jesus rose from the dead. You know, fear also causes us to feel the sense of injustice. We can get this sense of fear that comes from a world that we live in that feels unjust or unjust. That people groups are being discriminated against. That our job doesn't feel quite fair. Maybe your relationship doesn't. You see, injustice can come from and lead to fear, but the resurrection means that injustice doesn't have the last word. Because when we look at what Jesus did for us, we're going to just keep coming back to this. This is the good news. That the most unjust thing that has ever happened is that the perfect Son of God, Jesus, was nailed to a cross. That seems unjust. It seems like injustice. But it was really justice being levied on your behalf. That Jesus was nailed to the cross for your sins so that you would not get the just punishment of God. That Jesus was levied all of your just punishment on himself so that you would not have to experience the weight of true justice. You see, we live in a world where unfair things happen, but God is going to un overturn all the wrong things and make everything right. So the resurrection helps us deal with our fears when it comes to injustice because it shows us that God keeps his promises and that every wrong thing will be made right. And so the resurrection makes all the difference when it comes to fear from injustice. Maybe you or a loved one is dealing with addiction. Addiction is often comes from this fear. 
and you're trying to solve or absolve or numb or disappear or try to move away from your fears by just simply covering covering them over. But here's why the resurrection matters so much when it comes to addiction, because addiction in Christ and because of the resurrection doesn't have the last word. Addictions won't have the last word in your life or your friends' lives or your loved ones' lives if they believe in the truth of the gospel, that those addictions will not have the last word in your life. You see, in the resurrection, God has released a power on the earth to renew everything that sin destroyed. You see, the resurrection... In spite of what you have done to your life and messing up your family or your friendships or your workplace as a result of your addiction, that because of the resurrection and trust and belief and dependence upon Him can bring you out of that addiction and raise your life from the dead. That's what the good news of the gospel does. That in spite of guilt or injustice or addiction, Coming from a place of fear, the resurrection changes everything. How about death? Some of us can get up each day and feel this debilitating fear of is today the last day? As we get older, we can begin to fear death. As we go to one funeral after the other, this fear about death can creep in. I'll tell you, I could tell you about a crazy dream I had this week. It was so vivid and crazy. I sat up and my wife Jessica could tell you like I was in tears because it was like I, I witnessed my own death. I know that sounds creepy and weird. It was. And it brought this great amount of fear. And I remember she looked at me, she grabbed my foot and she's like, you're still here. It's okay. And I thought about what the resurrection does even for our fear of death. And here's what it does. The empty tomb helps us to see that we don't even have to fear death itself. Because if Christ Jesus rose from the dead, just like the scriptures tell us, we will as well. That we will one day worship and celebrate and give glory and honor to the King of Kings forever and ever, and ever, for all eternity, because our King rose from the dead. And His Word tells us that we will one day too. See, I love this because, just like Billy Graham said, one day you will hear that Billy Graham is dead. He says, don't believe it. Don't believe it. I will be more alive than ever. I will just have changed addresses. That's so true. That's the hope that we have, that Jesus has risen from the dead, and one day you and I will too. Because of the resurrection, fear and joy can come together when we believe that the resurrection of Jesus is a reality. So the resurrection makes all the difference when it comes to uncertainty and when it comes to fear, and lastly, the resurrection makes all the difference when it comes 
to enthusiasm. Everybody say that word with me. Enthusiasm. Oh, you got to say it with some enthusiasm, all right? Say it with me. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. There we go. You got it. Enthusiasm. The resurrection makes all the difference when it comes to enthusiasm. You say, where do you see this? These women, as a result of seeing the fact that the tomb was empty, they ran. They ran. They ran all the way to Galilee. That's a long way. These people like ran a marathon. They ran. They couldn't get back fast enough. Hey, Jesus is going to show up here in Galilee and he's going to meet you. And then he shows up here and he meets them. There's something about knowing in your heart that Jesus is alive that creates motivation and inspiration and enthusiasm for life. Jesus is risen from the dead. You know what? I'm afraid. You know what? But that's okay. Jesus is risen from the dead. You know what? I'm kind of uncertain about my paycheck or I'm uncertain about where God's moving us or I'm uncertain about my health or I'm uncertain about this. You know what? It doesn't matter. Jesus is risen from the dead. And because of that, I can embrace life and step into today with enthusiasm. You see this happening in Luke chapter 24, verse 52. It says, and they worshiped him. In Luke's account of them going to the garden tomb, they fall down and worship him. And then it says they returned to Jerusalem and then they went to Galilee, just as he had said. You see, they were filled with enthusiasm about Christ and about their life and about the good news of Jesus. Think about the opposite of this. The Roman guards were not filled with enthusiasm. They were filled with worry. They were fear, filled with, I wonder what people are going to think about me. Did I do my job? I wonder if I'm going to lose my life because I'm going to be seen as a derelict who, who fell asleep on duty. You see, it's the same thing that you are posed with this same choice today. Will I respond to Jesus and the gospel and the good news with enthusiasm? Maybe you're hearing it for the very first time and you say, I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus. But I wonder what people would think if I raise my hand. I wonder what my friends or my family members might think if I tell them, hey, I went to church this Easter and I gave my life to Jesus. Will you be fear filled with worry or enthusiasm? I think the text shows us the best thing here, which is enthusiasm, so much so that Jesus meets them on the mountain as he's ascending into heaven, and he gives them the instructions that we still follow to today, which is to go and make disciples, to baptize, to teach, to equip. Did you know that these disciples who, who believed in this and didn't doubt, that many of them lost their life for the sake of the gospel. Many of them faced horrific deaths as a result of it, but they did it gladly, filled with enthusiasm. Why? Because the resurrection made all the difference for them. If Jesus rose from the dead, no matter how bad this life gets, he will never leave me alone. He'll never leave you alone. 
He'll never leave you alone in that addiction. He'll never leave you alone in that guilt. He'll never leave you alone in that injustice. He will never leave you alone. So you can face tomorrow with enthusiasm because Jesus is risen from the dead. You can face enthusiasm in spite of the physical difficulties you might be dealing with. Why? Because Jesus is risen from the dead and he is with you in your difficulties. So today, we're left really with one response to our uncertainty and to our fear. And that is to leave with great joy and enthusiasm because our Savior rose from the dead. The only response is to leave this place today having put our faith and trust in Jesus. Why? Because He will one day wipe away every tear from our eye. He will one day allow us to see our faith become sight. He will one day make everything right. So the invitation today is to receive Jesus and believe in Him. The question is, will you bring your uncertainty and your fear and trust in Him? Would you stand with us this morning? The response today is very simple. And it's this. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you haven't trusted in the resurrection of Jesus. You haven't asked the Jesus who died on Friday for your sins and the Jesus who rose on Sunday for your forgiveness to give you hope and a future. If you've not done that today, that's the response today to just simply say something like this. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you want to leave today with resurrection hope, that you just simply, from the bottom of your heart, you can say it in your own words, you can repeat it after me, the most important thing is that you would mean it. That you would just simply say something like this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I'm full of fear, and uncertainty. But it's with joy that I come to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to be my Lord, my Savior, and my God. I ask you to come into my life and to transform me and make me new. Thank you, Jesus, for your death. Thank you, Jesus, for your life. Thank you, Jesus, for your resurrection.